This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique, limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 927 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday. And thank you, as always, for joining us on the podcast. If you missed part one... We talked to Tyler Jones for about 45 minutes yesterday on the podcast, on Sunday into Monday. You're listening now to part two, so if you missed part one, I would encourage you to check out that podcast to sort of get the free flow of the conversation. Still, we will have Tyler, a fan favorite, a crowd favorite, back on the podcast for part two on this show, so momentarily we'll get back to Tyler, but first some news that transpired on sun, uh, on Sunday into Monday, and also some uh, audio from Lloyd Pierce that, as he spoke to the media on Monday afternoon. So... At the top, the Hawks announced Monday they'll be paying tribute to former AJC beat writer and Turner analyst Seku Smith, who passed away in late January. I spoke about the impact Seku has had on me back in late January when that transpired, as well as the entire industry and basically everyone that he came in contact with. But that's just, that definitely should be remembered, and we're certainly keeping his family in our prayers and our thoughts at this point in time. He's greatly missed already. But the Hawks announced three different tributes to Seku on Monday. The first one is that they're going to be renaming the media room at State Farm Arena as the Seku Smith Press Room. It'll also be also be redesigned, they say. It'll reopen next season as uh, things get back to normal, hopefully, in the COVID world. Also, the number, uh, sorry, the second tribute is that the Hawks are going to be honoring a player every season with the Seku Smith Award, given to the player who best represents themselves and the franchise with professionalism and integrity in their interactions with the media. That's the direct uh, read there from the press release. And then the last one is that the team is going to be launching a summer league internship in Seku's name, tabbing a journalism or multimedia student from a, from a SWAC school to be the team's beat writer at Summer League in Las Vegas. They'll highlight that person's work on digital properties and give them an opportunity and a stipend and all of that stuff. A very good opportunity for young journalists and uh, a nice thing that the Hawks are doing here. So it's definitely fitting, and I'm, uh, I'm appreciative as someone on the outside, of course, about this kind of uh, work that the Hawks are doing to sort of honor Seku, and uh, he certainly deserves it all and much more. So that's, that was a cool thing the Hawks did and announced on Monday. Um, as for actual basketball stuff, Lloyd Pierce spoke to the media, as I said before, on Monday. The Hawks had Sunday off after the win on Saturday night, but Pierce was actually asked about the practice that the team had on Monday and what they were able to do after the off day. So here's what he had to say about that. Yeah, it was good to have a work day. Um, you know, we were off yesterday and we'll, we'll travel and practice tomorrow in Dallas. It'll be a lot lighter, but uh, we got a lot of conditioning in. We played some five on five, mainly in the half court, trying to execute. Uh, we did a lot of scripting of our offense and you know, a lot of breakdown of our offense and our defense. Uh, we did a little bit of work versus coaches as well. So it was just good to have a full work day. We got 14 healthy bodies and all of them are participating. Um, and so to get some rhythm shots, some game shots, some game movement, some competition to, to do all of that in this type of season is rare. And so it was good to just take advantage of it today. This is a very odd stretch for the Hawks. They have three days off, and that's not that's not the normal situation right now in this uh, very sped-up season. So that kind of goes to what they were able to do today and have a full practice on Monday. Also, Pierce was asked, um, as you'll hear the audio from Sarah Spencer of the AJC, about DeAndre Hunter. This is the first public comment that Lloyd's made since the news actually broke about Hunter on Sunday, and I wanted to play you his response. So here is what he had to say about DeAndre and the path forward without him for a while. Lloyd, I know you've already been without him for a few games, but losing DeAndre Hunter for a few weeks, how do you kind of adjust as a team to his absence? Um, we mentality. You know, I, I, I say it as kind of cliche, but it's the only thing I can do. I, I always tell you guys, I can coach who's available, and that's really the focal point. You know, Tony Snell has, has dove into the rotation in the last few games and has shot the ball extremely well, and it's an added benefit for us. Uh, you know, Cam had a good game the other night, and we'd like to see his confidence and his production increase. 
And uh, I think Kevin Hurd has been playing fab- fabulous over the last four or five games uh, as a secondary facilitator, but shooting the ball extremely well from three. And so I, I don't know if you're just going to replace DeAndre. You just have to have other guys step up, and uh, that's what we're looking for. Gallo's playing more minutes now, so um, he's the guy we'll definitely rely on as another scoring option, primary scoring option. It's obviously a huge loss, as we talked about yesterday on the show when I was doing my introduction and also just kind of broadly speaking on Twitter and everything. Everyone's been talking about this. It's definitely not an easy thing to replace, and you hear there from Lloyd, so he mentions a lot of different players. And as a team effort, I know there'll be a lot of pressure placed on Cam Reddish, and I guess that makes a lot of sense. But there are lots of guys who can fill the role in some ways, but no one can approximate DeAndre Hunter's overall impact as one player, so keep that in mind as well. Um, next question that I want to play for you was actually an immediate follow-up from Charles Odom of the AP. You'll hear what Pierce had to say about dealing with all the injury challenges overall this season. How difficult has it been for, for you to, when you've had such an unstable, not just starting five, but playing rotation to, 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 to get some momentum going here? Yeah, I, I think that's the challenge is just trying to find momentum. Um, you know, in terms of anticipated where we would be, I don't know where we would have been at this stage, uh, fully healthy or not. I think it's kind of uh, one of my quotes from the beginning was get comfortable in an uncomfortable setting and, you know, easily referencing COVID. Um, but in sport, you have to always anticipate injury. And we, we've had an injury bug through a number of guys. Uh, but that's just the that's the toughest part is trying to find consistency in an inconsistent uh, rotation and lineup and adjustment. You know, because we've missed guys, it, it really affects the way you can play, you know, in terms of Rondo being able to play with the same second unit guys and getting a rhythm and Trey being able to play with the same starters and getting a rhythm. We're basically missing our starting two and three. And, um, you know, our our four and five who we're going to play a lot in the secondary group are just now coming along in terms of Gallo and Big O. So I think that's where it's hard to find that that consistency and get that momentum. Uh, but I think we're at a point now where the guys that are healthy uh, will be able to play and we'll be able to establish some sort of momentum uh, with the group that we have. We'll, we'll worry about Dre and Bogey and, and KD, Chris Dunn, when they come back. Uh, but just with the guys that we have available now, we, we want to try and find consistency um, so we can play a certain lineup and then sub a certain lineup and kind of get some consistency there. Nothing too new there, but there you go. We want to hear the stuff directly from Pierce, and I like to play that every once in a while for you guys so you can hear the tone and all of that as well. But the Hawks will be out without Hunter for a while, and everybody knows it, but uh, worth paying attention to how they're going to be moving forward, and it's going to be an approximation of, of all kinds of different guys uh, coming together to try to uh, make the Hawks better. Because honestly, right now, the Hawks have been pretty bad with Hunter off the court. It's about minus four and a half points per, per hundred possessions this season without Hunter on the court. So some noise in there, but uh, we will see how they approach this moving forward. Okay, before we get back to Tower Jones and one more time a reminder that we recorded on Sunday morning so that's a long time ago at this point in time I don't I mean not really a long time ago about a day and a half but a lot has changed with, with the Hunter stuff but we knew there was gonna be something happening there potentially so we sort of alluded to that a couple times and this is a continuation of part one so if you missed that go back and listen to it for sure okay first before we get to Tyler a word from our sponsors on the podcast and the first of which is betonline.ag Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, the NHL, and many more sports are in full swing. But there's only one place that has you covered, one place that we trust, and that place is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with the site. On top of the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, baseball is on the way in the near future and all kinds of additional angles to handicap, including awards, TV shows, and reality TV. In fact, there are dozens of real-time updated props on almost anything you can imagine, and BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds, including future bets, if you want to look way ahead. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Instead, get in on the action and visit the website or use a mobile device to sign up today. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. One more time, that is promo code Locked On for 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Tyler, we're back. It's part two. We are back. It's been a whole day, Brad. It's been a whole day, even though it's been whole about day. 30 seconds. Uh, if you missed part one, go back and listen to it. We're going to keep talking, though. Um, and you, you brought up the Eastern Conference. I want to go there now because you brought it up on the, at the end of the last podcast. The Hawks are currently sixth. The five teams ahead of them are teams that were supposed to be, quote-unquote, ahead of them. I actually had the Hawks ahead of the Pacers coming into the season. 
and the Pacers are in fifth. They're the team that's closest to the Hawks right now. And then you have the Heat and the Raptors, who are were supposed to be ahead of the Hawks uh, coming into the season, but they're both struggling. Uh, Toronto has been playing a little bit better before Saturday night. Miami's been terrible this season based on some injury stuff and some struggles. I will ask you now, it's too early for this, but do you think the Hawks miss the plan? Do you think the Hawks can avoid the plan right now if I ask you today? Um, yeah, if they can get healthy. You know, if they're not going to get healthy, who knows? It's going to be a, a coin flip. But, like, um, if they can get healthy and get their death back, um, especially uh, the second – like, this is the hardest stretch of the season so far, and they've been okay overall. So, um, we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll see. I think so, in large part, because I don't. I mean, it's kind of what I foresaw the season breaking out. Like, I didn't. I I I just think overall, there's what three good teams in the Eastern Conference, and then everybody else is around the same level. Well, there's so much uncertainty too. Like the Hawks, knock on wood, have avoided the COVID mess so far. For the most part, but they've also have all the yeah, injuries too. Yeah, but they they haven't they haven't avoided the in, the injuries. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, the injuries, they, they've had so. so many injuries that it's kind of, kind of weird. But I mean, okay, so the 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 standings right now, everybody's bunched together to the point where the Pacers are in fifth as as we talk right now on Sunday. The Pacers are in fifth, and, and let me say right now, I don't believe the Pacers at all. I, I've never believed in the Pacers. I, I don't uh, either. Uh, they are they always make maybe, maybe look stupid. Is not the defensive player of the year. No. Stopping people. Like, I don't care how many blocks that dude averages. Nobody's scared to attack him. No, but I mean, honestly, what I was going to say is like, the Pacers are in fifth, yes, but the Pacers are only three and a half games ahead of the Heat, and the Heat are in 13th. So they're three and a half games from five to 13 right now in the Eastern Conference. And like, I don't believe in the Magic. They're bad. The Bulls, I don't believe in. The Cavs, I don't really believe in. The Hornets are like kind of flown with Lamelo, but I don't believe in them either. Uh, the Knicks, same thing. Like they're playing okay, but they're not as good as the Hawks. Nah, Hulks. man, Knicks are back. They're, I mean, they're better, they're but getting, they're not. They're getting Derrick Rose. They're uh, getting Derrick Rose. What are you talking about, Brad? Uh, they're going to surge. I mean, they're surge. I'll be kind and just say the Knicks are better this year. They're not good. Better does not mean good. So nothing's changed for me in terms of like where the Hawks are in the pecking order. They might even be a little bit higher. I, I do think the thing that's changed for me though is the Heat are even worse than I thought they were going to be. I mean, part of that's Jimmy, but yeah, they've not been playing well. Yeah, but Jimmy. like, he, here's the thing. Like, they're also getting regression from Tyler Hero, Duncan who, Robinson. Who could have seen it coming? Who could have well, seen Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Hero? Tyler Hero aside. Tyler Hero's superstar turn did not happen. I'm stunned by that. Aren't you surprised that Tyler Hero's not the second coming of a superstar? Besides, I think more importantly, Duncan Robinson's regression as a shooter, um, where he's not the greatest shooter of all time. He's just a great shooter. I was going to say, like, it, it's so really funny that he's them. having regression, and I believe he's shooting... Yeah, he's shooting 40%. 40% for like, three. <laughs> on, like, I don't know, like, nine-tenths of a game or Which something is like that. He's still incredible, but, yeah. like, that just shows the type of season he had last year. He had one of the greatest shooting seasons ever. He did. Um, and he's just not at that level, and it's hurt their offense. And also, that, they, I mean, it matters that you're in 14. And also, Goran's back to regular season Goran, I guess, you know. Yeah, and I mean, and, and honestly, I know they're better than this. I think even you would acknowledge that they're better than eight and fourteen. But yeah, they've and, still banked the losses. The losses still count. Like they're still in the and, standings that matter. More importantly, like the Eastern Conference as a whole is better in the sense that there are no, like you just can't wake up and just beat a team by twenty points anymore. Yeah, like, D- that, Detroit. Detroit is Detroit's terrible. But yeah, but even Detroit will beat you if you're not. Well, they've been yeah, they've been basketball. kind of, they've been kind of competitive. I mean, for for being five and eighteen, their net rating is more like a team that is probably like eight and fifteen. They're not good, they're bad, but they're not as bad as five eight five and eighteen looks. Like Orlando might be the worst team in the in the conference, uh, which yeah. is crazy. But regardless, I think that the teams. To your point about the you know there are only a couple of good teams. We'll talk about the good teams in a second. But I think Miami and Toronto are both behind the Hawks. We saw the Hawks play the Raptors on Saturday night. The Raptors are still pretty good, but they're not as good as they were last year. Um, and the Hawks, I think, can are fully capable of staying where they are, which if they do that, they miss the play-in, and that's a huge success. Obviously, they could lose in the first round, and that could still happen, but if they could, if the Hawks can not even be in the play-in tournament, that is in, that's a success, like full stop. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that would be a win, pretty obviously. Yeah, and I, I mean, ultimately, I think it, 
it, it will because again, while the Heat and the Raptors might surge, I also think the Hawks will surge at the same time. And I think that's the issue those two teams are going to face uh, if they're trying to take over from the Hawks. But they might catch the Pacers, who I don't think are that particularly. They're also they're also one game behind the Pacers, and that they, they have like basically the same net rating too. So like, there's not really any any separation there. Yeah, I mean the Hawks for the longest time had a better net net rating than. Uh, the Pacers, but you know this recent that that butt whoop into the Utah Jazz. Well, yeah, really. you, you, and the game without Trey Young, and that's why even even net rating, which is usually better than win loss record, um, this early in the season, especially in this bizarre variance laden season, can affect things. Like, yeah, that loss was a you know they all count, but without Trey, second second out of a back to back, like you're going to lose by a lot sometimes, and that's just what happened there. Um, you talked about the good teams, so I, I think you're down in Milwaukee. I'm assuming you be- that you believe in Philly and maybe Brooklyn. Like, what do you feel about? I Boston? don't believe in Philly, but Joel Embiid, if he's going to play at this level, I mean, they're right. se- they're also seventeen and seven. They're they're uh, they're off. To they're really good. Start. Yeah, they're they're really good. But uh, do I believe in them? No, because they still don't have anybody who can do anything off the dribble. And so, like, come playoff time, hopefully, you know, like I, I just don't know how. I, I just don't know if Embiid is going to be able to do what he's doing in the in the playoffs, like against good defenders. Like he can dominate scrubs, but I, I really don't know if he's going to be able to uh, if he's going to be able to carry this same level of the same level of efficiency throughout the playoffs to what they need to be in, in larger because. Like Ben Simmons, you know, he's just out there, right? Like he's good, but he still has the same problems that he has to be in the dunker spot. Um, Tobias Harris is probably going to regress back to reality uh, sometime soon, but it's good to see he him playing better. But like, still at the end of the day, I don't I don't trust their point guards because they don't have one, and so until they get improve that aspect of their game, like. I, I don't believe in them. The Bucks. I don't know. Like, I still, I still, they're, they're I still believe in the Bucks. I, I mean, Bucks. we can believe in the Bucks all day, but they're not special if Brook Lopez isn't on the floor defensively. And like, there are just some teams uh, where Brook Lopez is not going to be able to be on the floor defensively. So, well, yeah, he helps them against Embiid, obviously. Um, but yeah, Brook, like he, he can't be on the court against Brooklyn in the end at the end of a game. Like he can't be, um, I mean, I don't know. Like, and they're, leader, by the way, Milwaukee's leading league in that how easy. I mean, yeah, yeah. They've, I mean, they still are, but their defense is a lot worse. Well, right. They're number, right? they're actually number one. The last couple of years, Milwaukee has been number one in defense. Essentially this year, they're number one in offense, but they're like eighth in defense, which is good, but not incredible. And they need to be really good on defense. I think I trust them more now because the offense is more sustainable. You know, Drew really helps them, for instance. But man, I defensive. But defensively, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just feel like in the playoffs, it's going to be, it's going to be the same story where Giannis is not going to be able to do anything if it's not. It's the same story, but Drew is better than what they had. And by the way, Chris Middleton has been absolutely absurd for a year and a half. Yeah, he yeah. is well, out that's... of his mind. Chris Middleton cannot miss a shot. It's it's unbelievable, honestly. That guy is like. I know we talk about like the hipster people talk about Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton has been like 55, 40, 90 for like a year and a half. Like it's absolutely crazy. He doesn't miss. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, overall, I mean, the bucks are good. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in terms of potentially winning a title or, you know, even getting out of the Eastern conference. Like I, well, who wins not... the East Brooklyn? Do you think, are you picking Brooklyn right now with their defense? I think so, man. Like that. They're twenty seventh in defense, Tyler. Twenty seventh. I, I don't care what they are on defense, Brad. Like, I, I mean, you know, everybody got mad that the Hawks took Capella out the game, but like, I don't <laughs> think it would have mattered. Like, I, I don't know how you stop them from scoring. Well, and you, I, you, and I, you and I agree on that whole Capella outrage that was just ridiculous. Like, it's the same thing. Capella, as hasn't, fin- Capella like, hadn't finished the layup all year well even even even, even beyond angry. even beyond that like it's so even okay I, angry I, that they did that they they 
that they took him out because Jeff Green was in the game, Brad. Well, I get I get both sides oh of it, God. but to act like you didn't understand why they did it was what drove me crazy. It's like, guys, they're playing against a team that's playing five out. This is not a new concept. If you watch the NBA, teams playing no, five but, out, you can't play but a center. Brad, did you did you not see the the rebound they gave up? The, the eight, Capella not on the, the floor? The seventeen foot bounce off the rim that he wouldn't have gotten? Yeah. You know, or you know, against the Lakers. Oh, Capella was on the floor there. Yeah. And he didn't get the rebound. Or was it the Mavericks? I can't remember. It was actually kind of the Mavericks. It was actually kind of funny. It was the Mavericks. Well, he was on the floor. <laughs> and for some reason didn't get the rebound. Like, how did that happen, Brad? It was actually I, I don't really understand. It was really funny because I was really annoyed by that whole thing and I was mad about it for like a day. And then it was like a week later and you were still yelling about it on Twitter and I I, oh, I'm I couldn't still, stop I'm laughing. Never letting it go. It was I'm so never funny. letting it go. Like uh, it's, it's it was the dumbest thing at the time. <laughs> like Anyway, because uh, Capella made two layups, you're going to trust him to make a third. But I'm not. Back back he to the topic. <laughs> back to the topic. Okay, so it's not the Hawks necessarily, but I'm just trying to get a feel for the top of the East because people ask me all the time, and rightly so. Like, Hawks but that's the thing. Know. I think I think there are three good teams. I think those three are better. Better. Um, the Celtics aren't very deep, right? I think, I think Boston is better than they've been so far because now they have Kemba, like, kind of back, and he had missed for a lot of time. But Marcus Smart, they need Marcus Smart, too. But I agree. They're not that good. But I think they're better than they've been so far, if that makes no, sense. No, I mean, I, I I think they're right around – I mean, they're, I I think their record is, what, 12-9. and nine. I think they're right around where they're supposed to be. Yeah, maybe. It's just that they don't have – they don't have depth. They, well, and – I, I'm I'm sorry to say this. Jeff Teague is cooked. I'm I'm sorry. Well, Jeff. it's fine. They got Peyton Pritchard. So I, I know, who, but who cares? Peyton Pritchard is right? okay, but um, no, 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 Brad. He's Brad. okay. Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> Come on, man. He's okay. You, you gonna really do this, Tom? We, you know, Tommy points. He's probably leading the league. You know, rest in peace, Tommy Heisen. Well, but this, like, this is, this is one of those things where uh, people just decide stuff about rookies after 20 games and it, it drives me crazy well like Pey- Peyton's incredible like what sure. what a steal from Danny Ainge like what, absolute what a, what mastery um absolute mastery at any rate getting Peyton Pritchard <laughs> and then signing Tristan Thompson to the mid-level exception instead of Miles Turner trading for Miles Turner like what a what a genius of a general manager Brad you remember like, when you remember when Danny also drafted Romeo Langford and Carson Edwards and a bunch of other guys that can't play um okay um I don't know Boston. I think I have Boston fourth, so I, I'm with you. I think the other the other three are better. Yeah, I think they're fourth, but I think the Hawks have the ability to overtake them. But well, that, that was that was my question on, because you know that's the question I get all the time health. from Hawks fans is like, what's the upside for this team this season only? And I I usually say you know somewhere in the five six range, um, just because of you know all the factors. Like yeah, they could be better than that if all things went perfectly the rest of the season and they had a bunch of health and. Trey was awesome, and DeAndre Hunter was back 100% and all that stuff. That, that's in play, but, like, my projection, I can't get them to the top five, I don't think. I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry to the top four, I think, projection-wise. Um, it's not impossible, but that's kind of where I have the ceiling a little bit on this Hawks team this season, um, and it, and that's with the defense being as good as it's been so far. Um, and if that regresses, it becomes more difficult. But the offense, as we, as we, as we talked about on the last podcast, the offense – should be better than it's been so far. Like the offense, I thought they were a top eight offense coming into the season and they've hovered around like 12 to 14 range. And that's part of that's just not having Gallo and not having Bogdanovich and all and Capella missing layups and all that. Yeah. Stuff. Not, not having Bogdan has been huge because he was the one getting the volume of three pointers up for this team. He will shoot um, as he should. And they're not like, I just don't think they're shooting as many threes. Um, as they should. Well, they're they're about league average, by the way, in three point three point attempt rate, which is not terrible, but they need to be higher than that. For what? Yeah. When you have Trey Young and you have Kevin Herter and you have Bogdanovich and Gallinari and Collins and Hunter, like you need to be shooting more threes. I know. I know. There's a segment of Hawks fans that want them to shoot less threes that I hear from all the time, and it's really the opposite. The Hawks need to shoot more threes, not less. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's it's you know what, what all those guys have in common. Uh, common though is they're not like guys who can come off a screen necessarily and then shoot off the catch like that where Bogdan can. Yep. And so they really need that. They need that part of the offense back because that that's just a way to grease up. You know, that's a way to pump up your uh, 
pump up your offense, you know, artificially by just having some guy come off a screen and just pull up a three-pointer. And, you know, Bogdan's a, a pretty darn good shooter, and, they, and they've and they really missed that aspect of the offense where currently it's kind of they have to work just slightly harder than what they thought they had to do Yeah, uh, coming into the season, especially with Gallo being hurt. But with him back and hopefully – Coming off the minutes limit, maybe they can go to more Collins Gallinari lineups. Um, and they will. I mean, they, they get, want they get the want, offense going. He went to 25 minutes as a limit on Saturday, and Pierce even said after the game, one of the keys that he pointed out was that they didn't have to worry about Gallinari's minutes. So they know. I mean, Gallinari, I know he's not been himself physically so far, but that guy unlocks your offense in a way that people don't seem to understand fully. Like he's an awesome offensive player. You can be up. You can not love the contract. You can all love the defense, all that stuff. He's really good on offense, man. Like, and he will help them a ton on that end of the floor as he plays more. That's just yeah. I mean, they they said it on the broadcast last night. You have to guard Gallinari differently, yes, um, than everybody else really on the team. Like, you can't. You have to be in his face, uh, or he's just going to make an unhealthy amount of three pointers. I mean, he this. might be, so, he might be the best shooting big in the league. I mean, yeah. He might. I don't know. Who I mean, there are there are probably running. some other there's probably some other candidates, but that guy can not only get his own shot, which is something that a lot of bigs can't do. He can create for himself because he's so tall that he has step backs, he has all that stuff, and then he'll get you in the post if you need to. If you if you, if you switch on him, he'll post you up and score. Like he can do anything offense. I know I know he looks funny and he's not an athlete and all that stuff, but he's enormous. He's he's he used six eleven. Yeah. He used to be an incredible athlete and super skinny, and now he's the opposite of now that. Now he's big, so and he's probably out of shape to some degree, too. Uh, probably, Brad, you're uh, being very kind. Well, listen, I you know I have to talk to these guys sometimes. He's probably out of shape. Uh, I asked him, I was the one that asked him about his physicality on Saturday before the game. He said he was getting closer um, and ramping up a little bit, and that's you can see that. He looks a little bit better than he did previously, but when you miss time like that, if, if you have uh, and you can't do anything in the middle of the season, that's going to hurt you. But I don't know. He'll help them a lot. It's kind of my only point about that overall. But I don't know. I I think I'm I'm buying the Hawks as a contender to not have to go to the play-in. It's still too early to like decide to project that. But I think that they honestly right now today, I think the Hawks win the Southeast, which doesn't sound like that much. Like, but they're underdogs still to do that because Miami people, people still believe in Miami. I don't. I don't believe in Miami. I don't believe in the Heat. At all, and like a, a large part of that is they didn't really replace Jay Crowder or Derek Jones at with all. anybody. I mean, they have Mo Harkless, who I like, but he's been bad, like bad. Yeah, but that wasn't that surprising that Mo Harkless would fall off. Um, when they lo- and they lost Myers Leonard too, who Mar- Myers Leonard's not very good, but like he can shoot, and they needed that, and they don't have that guy anymore either. So, and Iguodala is kind of cooked for regular season basketball. So, yeah, and Myers Leonard also, I don't know. He's not. He's not. He's not very it's not, good. It's not. It's not the worst thing in the world that no, he's not there. But I. No. I guess I hear what you're saying. But honestly, it gives them an outlet because right now they need to be like they got play precious Achua. That's what I mean. Like their is. best lineup right now is probably Olenek and and Bam playing together because they need shooting. Like they they just need somebody that can space the floor, in addition to Hero and Robinson. Yeah, Kansas. and and then they're they're running into the trouble of their playing. Then you have to play Olenek, Hero. Robinson and you can't get at the same time, right? I, I don't care how good Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are defensively. Like that's not that's and, not going to work. And same except, with Goran. Like Goran, it, it worked in the bubble though because because they had Jay Crowder. I mean, uh, yeah, they had Jay Crowder, and also like I don't know. It wasn't only that, but they, they got hot. It is what it is. It they got em- hot. It was embarrassing uh, from certain from certain uh, Coach Budenholzer's led teams. To, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's perfect. Um, all right. Before I ask you about a couple more things, then we'll get out of here. A word from our sponsors on the show, and the first of which is RockAuto.com. With more makes and models than ever, it's now impossible to stock all the auto parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure questioning from a counter person that's often totally pointless, especially when they were only going to give you the parts or the brands that the warehouse happens to carry? Instead, you have rockauto.com, either at home or in your pocket, and that is the best possible option. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake pads to tail lamps, motor oil, and even carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. 
Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always super low and the same for pros and newer sellers, so why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck, and from there you want to write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Tyler, we have a final segment here, and it's going to cover a lot of bases, I think. Maybe, maybe we'll save some stuff for later. I have to ask you, we talked, we touched on one of these guys earlier, but there are two players that are struggling that I hear about all the time, and they are, one is old, one is young. One is Rajon Rondo, and the other is Cam Reddish. So I will let you answer on either one or both. Uh, has Rondo been as bad as I think he's been? And uh, what's wrong with Cam? Two questions. Uh, I don't know. I think Rondo's been fine. He's a backup point guard. You guys, I contend the biggest issue is when John Collins goes on the bench, not Trey Young. But, like, I know that narrative's been out there that when Trey Young leaves the floor, I mean, it's not a narrative. It's just a fact. When Trey Young leaves the floor, they're just not as explosive. And, and like, they didn't get Rondo to do this without Gallinari and Bogdan and Chris Dunn. Like, they... They didn't. He wasn't supposed to be just the only offensive creator. Where now true. he he's got to play with uh, Solomon Hill and Tony Snell. And, and they and by the way, it's just not to, the same. To it's your point, Lloyd Lloyd has defended Rondo by saying a similar thing. Like he's not played with the lineup that he's supposed to play with. And I think it's mostly Gallinari. Like some of that's bogged down or hurt. And by the way, it, sh- it should have been Herder. Like yeah, Herder as well. Coming into the season, the baseline projection was like. Bogdan starts and Herter's on the second unit. And Herter's been starting for so long now that we're just like forgotten that. And Herter's playing pretty well, but it's it was supposed to be the second unit of Herter, Gallinari, and maybe Reddish. Um, and right now he's playing, like you said, with Solomon Hill and whoever else. So that's a concession towards Rondo. I think he had a very bad week. Um, after Monday, he was pretty good against the Lakers because he got up for that game. And it just goes back to what we talked about over the summer. Regular season Rondo is just not. Yeah, but this good. yeah, this is what you signed <laughs> up for. Like you had to know he's going to do this in the regular season. Like, we knew. We I, knew. I, I don't. <laughs> we knew. I'm not. I'm not worried about it. Right. Like it's not something that bothers me. I do think he. Like a big reason for the ball movement uh, last night against the Raptors was because you know he's slinging it around. He had, he know, had an all time Rondo on Saturday night. Did you see it? Where he had a pretty pretty wide open layup and he threw a ridiculous like circus whip pass to a three-point shooter instead of taking the layup and it was like wow that was peak rondo like peak rondo can you imagine if capella would instead of taking a terrible layup would just pass the ball out though like maybe rondo's trying to lead by example there brad Okay. No. Listen, I- I'm enjoying that you just uh, you're going to never let this go on capella's I don't, I don't, offense. I look, look, here's the thing. Rondo making how much money? Fifteen mil over two years, like whatever. It's, like it's a lot. That's it's a lot of money. I, I don't. I don't care about that. I know. Capella's making eighteen million dollars, <laughs> brick layups, and to show off his post game. I don't care about Rondo, Brad. Rondo's not the reason why they're getting killed by the Jazz. It's because Capella out here thinking it's his time. That it's his moment. That was a rough one. Uh, go ahead. What the actual f are you doing? We will not spend much time on this anymore because we did it already on the podcast. But that was a night where he decided he was going to try to outdo Rudy Gobert, and that did not go very well. Like it wasn't just that, but man, he he kept going at Rudy Gobert, and it's like, guys, that's not going to work for anybody. Rudy Gobert is many things, but he's the best rim protector in the league for a reason. The guy's the guy's enormous, and you're trying to go one on one with him, like putting putting him in the blender like a keem, like you're, you're trying to do a dream shake on Rudy Gobert. It's the second time he's done it this season too. Like it's, I don't know what I don't know what what's going on with Capella man. He's really right. trying to he's trying to make it to the All Star game, bro. He is. Uh, he's really gunning for it. He is. So okay. Hopefully he gets it so he can return to playing like the basketball player that he's being paid to play as. So maybe he'll get there. Uh, so like you asked me about Rondo, I don't care about Rondo. Like whatever. What's going on with Cam? So Cam's offense has been the numbers are what they are. They're really bad. Uh, and the eye test backs that up. He's had some really, really rough offensive games. And I know, like, the consensus, and I was close to this myself, was that Reddish was, like, peaking ahead of Hunter over the summer, and that's not the case anymore, quite obviously. But what are your thoughts on, the, like, where Cam is right now? Because it's not been a good start to the season. He's still young and talented, so I'm not, like, panicking, but what do you think about Cam right now? 
Uh, I mean, he's got to make his open three-pointers. If he doesn't do that, like, the rest of his game kind of falls apart, right? Like, he can't. It's also just, it's also just taking them when he's like in rhythm. Like he he likes to do the jab step and he he likes to cook a little bit too much, and I get why. But like last night, he, oh Saturday night, he took one that was a catch and shoot in rhythm. He buried it, and it was like okay, that's more of that, please. Like because he just needs to. And I agree with what you're saying that him making jump shots would help, but a lot of the time it's because he's taking really tough jump shots. Like, and he doesn't need to do that on this team right now. Yeah, but, like, also to get back to, again, Capella being in the way, <laughs> like, the spacing <laughs> isn't there. Like, it's not there. When, it's when, true. When uh, Cam Reddish had really started heating up last year was when they got Deadman, and they were able to really space the floor. And all of a sudden, he just has to beat one man, and life was simple. Now... That you know, Capella is just there, and like Cam's got to become a better passer in those in between moments. Like instead of forcing it or you know trying to dunk on somebody, you should just lay it off or pass it out or reset the play instead of just getting in this mindset. Okay, it's my turn, right? I think that's I think if you want to boil down what what his biggest issue been is like. Too often he goes into, okay, I haven't touched the ball in a while. It's my turn. I'm going to do this move. And it's like he's got to stop presetting and just take, you know, really slow down and take what the defense is actually giving him um, and do that. But, like, he'll he'll play better. Like, he'll, he'll his shooting percentage uh, from three will go up, and that'll really uh, open up his game because – like, if you can lay off him, like, there's just not much he can do, right? He, he's not he's not, he's not, not strong like DeAndre Hunter. He can't move guys like that, so. No, he can't. Though he can take, he also can take advantage of smaller guys um, um, driving at them and getting to the free throw line. He, he does uh, that but, very well. And, and, and also, I think one of the things that tantalizes fans especially is that when Cam has it going and he gets into that like spin move package, yeah, he'll get he'll get he'll get in the zone and, and like right, the, he'll, he'll hit a the few Euro like steps look incredible, right? Like, left so, hand finishes over Kevin Durant, like it like it looks lack, great when he has it going. Exactly, and la- lack of talent is not a problem for Cam, but I think as a median outcome, you can't rely on that that kind of stuff. He takes some really difficult shots, and he he can make them, but when it's wrong, it's really bad. So. It's one of those things where I think right now he's got to ease in a little bit and just kind of take what is out there for him. And part of that's just catch and shoot shots, like you said. Part of that's being a good cutter. He had a, he had a couple of really nice cuts on Saturday night that he got found. But it's tough. It's tough. I think he actually is a pretty good cutter. But like again, this like I keep bringing it up. Capella is just there. There's no there's no passing lane to throw the ball. It, it is like, harder to there, do that there, when it, you're playing it, it, a rebound center. It is. Yeah. It's tough to watch when guys cut either Capella has the ball or he doesn't have the ball and he's off the ball. Like his man just doesn't respect Capella at all as an offensive player. And so the lane's clogged and like the passing lane is not there. So like, again, it's an adjustment to play with somebody like Capella and like, they all have to adjust. It would just me personally, it would be nice if Capella would also give a little here yeah, uh, on offense and, you know, do something instead of just what he has been doing, which is nothing. So <laughs> it'd be nice. It'd be nice, you know, if Capella set better screens, moved off the ball, just did, just, you know, just did more stuff, be harder to guard than what Capella is doing, especially when they play good rim protectors. Not, not that like Capella's good enough and he's big enough and athletic enough. He's gonna dominate against the air mains of the worlds or like like if you're not good, if you're not a good rim protector, like he's gonna dominate. But he but when the Hawks play the elite teams, he's gotta be better. Yeah. Or the Hawks ceiling is gonna be cat. So it'd be nice if Capella would give a little and play like the guy the Hawks traded for on offense. Um, but like on Cam's side, like he, he'll 
I'm not worried about his long-term prospects. He's still the same player to me. Um, it's just this year, since they're trying to win, like n- nobody has the patience for some of his, uh, for some of his, the shots that he takes. Like, yeah, just nobody has the patience for it because this team is actually good now, and they can't afford to waste possessions trying to trying to get you going because you're not a you're not the focal point of the offense. Like, that's well, just... and especially, I mean, this it, is probably overstating a little bit, but. I've heard from some people that observe the team closely, I'll say, that note this as well. If he makes his first shot, it's like the lights come on. And and that, that's a little bit of an overstatement, but when he when he's confident and the ball's going in, he's such a different player. And yeah. He's I mean he's young, a lot of guys are like that. But if he starts out 0 of two, it's gonna be a long night. Um Yeah. And, and a lot of these guys are like this. He's uh, and he's young, and that's part part of that's being mentally, you know. I think one of his one of his appeals is that he is so cool. Like, and I, I say that in a nice way. Like, he's just kind of uh, an even keel dude. Um, he's competitive, but he he doesn't get too high, too low. But he's he's not the most confident. Like, he, you can tell when he's not playing with a ton of confidence on the court. And when he's got it going, he's in attack mode. And I don't know. It's interesting to me. I, and defensively, he's been okay. Um, he always makes a lot of plays sometimes, but even then, he's been. Um, a mess at times, like trying to be too aggressive or trying to get in too many passing lanes, or um, he's not been dominant there either. So I think it's been a season that's not, I'm not panicking, but it's not wrong to say that he's probably been like one of their worst players this season, like in terms of what the what they're actually doing on the court. Um, so we'll see. He's still young, so I'm not worried, but it matters. That's right fair. Now. But like, I mean, I thought he was really good uh, against the Lakers, he was. Wizards, no, he's, and he's had some good games. even, even the Mavericks, even though, you know, it didn't show up. Like I thought he did some stuff that was pretty good, but he defended Luca. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Cam is still a good defensive player on the whole. Like there are nights or maybe quarters, maybe halves that he's like, it's kind of frustrating. If you watch him, like, what are you doing, Cam? Like, why, why are you, uh, why are you in the wrong spot? Um, defensively, but he still makes plays. I mean, he's even when, even when he's doing those weird things, he'll still like get a couple deflections and it's like, all right, well that's probably made up for it. It's probably more noticeable this year, in large part because of how the Hawks play defense and that they're a fairly conservative defensive team. Very, this year. Um, you know, they, they don't attack the passing lanes. They really... And he's the only one that does. I mean, he's the yeah, only he's he, the only guy that does, like, consistently force those, like... I mean, they're fourth worst, I think, or fifth worst in turnover creation. And he's really the only guy on the whole roster that I would say is, like, an above-average habit creator defensively maybe collins and capella as like shot blockers but in terms of like steals and deflections it's really cam and that's a, almost it yeah and that that's it feels like that's been a conservative effort for the hawks where they more they're more focusing on staying in front of your man and being solid and walling uh, off the paint yeah walling off the paint so yeah. and that that's been a I, I feel like that's been a success but you know it's terrible coaching at the same time. Ter- terrible coaching to have an above-average defense with, with, with this cast of characters. Uh, I was going to ask you about Lloyd. We don't have to do the whole thing right now. I think it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think we did We did enough. We did a Lloyd. little bit of that. Um, oh, one more thing. This has been popping up in my uh, in my orbit the last, I don't know, a couple of weeks. The th- I'll say parts of the fan base are frustrated with the Okongwu pick already after 20 games. And I've tried to talk them off the ledge i get part of it because especially halliburton is playing so well so it's like oh they could have drafted halliburton it's like yeah like they, they could have and maybe that's their own pick i'm not saying it's not i think halliburton, halliburton. is playing he's playing great but uh halliburton? oh yeah you haven't seen this people are real people are people are very upset about not drafting halliburton this has been happening for well, what i know i'm I, it's it's too early for all this anyway but i guess the easiest question that i actually could ask you is have you seen anything from a Kongwu that you like? I know he's not played that much because he's been injured, but I think he's shown some flashes that have been pretty good. I mean, he's a lot better than what they've had at backup center. Um, he hasn't been particularly good. No. Granted, but like he's, he's also been, a 19-year-old. He's been fine. <laughs> he's been fine. I like him. Um, you know, he's just got to get in a rhythm. Like he's got to get healthy. I, I don't have too much really to add of him. He, he's got to get healthy and trust his body. Um, so he can fly around a bit more, but like, I mean, he hasn't been healthy. Like there's, there's not much really to add. He hasn't played at all this year. Right. Like 
you know, you, you go, you play a game and then you don't play for three more days, you know, three, three games due to either injury or the matchup or whatever. Like, like it's just, it's just tough for him to get any type of consistency. So hopefully, you know, this, this latest leg injury is past him so he can stay on the floor and get consistent minutes because they do need him. Um, you know, they, they just need, because you don't, what you don't want is what you saw against Utah, where the Hawks have to go with Collins at center. But then, like, if you're going to play Collins at center for extended minutes, smart teams are just going to run, pick and roll with whoever is the weakest, smallest defender that the Hawks have at the floor at, on a given time. And Collins is banned. And, like, you can't switch that, right? And so then you're you're kind of you're kind of boned where Collins just isn't big enough to contest the shot, uh, and get the rebound. So you really hope Congo can stay healthy going forward, um, and we can really see what he can do. I still believe in him. I thought he was the best big man in the draft. Um, I don't care what Wiseman's numbers look like. <laughs> I don't believe in Wiseman. I believe it's funny. Wiseman's getting numbers. I liked him a lot more uh, before the draft, and now I'm like, uh, I don't know about him. Um, so, like, I still believe highly in Okonwu, but again, like, he's just got to get healthy. Like, there's really not much really more to add to that. Like, he hasn't played. <laughs> like, he's played. I, I'm pretty sure he's played less than 50 minutes on the season. So it's it's just hard to take anything away from what he's done this year. Uh, until he gets consistent minutes, so hopefully that happens now that he, uh, you know, he finally saw the floor against against. Uh, he was finally healthy enough to play uh, last night because they they do need him against certain teams, different teams, teams that like to go five out. Like he's a he's the better option than Capella, uh, and so hopefully, you know, hopefully this he doesn't miss any more time. Yeah, I think it's it's just so early, and I hope he's healthy, like you said. Um, I'm a believer. I was always a believer. I like, I like that pick. I don't think they had to draft him. I think there were other options that they could have taken that would have been fine, but I, I like the pick, and I think he's going to be good. Um, and also, we said this coming in, even if he was healthy the entire way, this team has a high-level starting center in Clint Capella, and they have a guy in John Collins who is going to play some center. Like, So the minutes are just not, they're not there. I mean, somebody asked me earlier today, on Twitter, if O'Connell would, would, would get to 20 minutes a game this season, I'm thinking, no. Like, unless there's an injury to Capella, no, he's not going to get there. It's just not going to happen. Um, and that's okay. Like, he's a 19-year-old rookie on a good team. That's the thing people now, forget he might about have this. games. He might have games where he plays. Oh, yeah, games. Is, um, I, I'm talking about average. But, yeah, there might be, oh, there, average, there might be a game. But I'm th- my, my whole thing is this. And part of this is the Hawks were in the lottery for a few years. But also, teams that draft in the top six are usually bad. And as a result, rookies play a lot. It's very rare that a team in the top six does what the Hawks did and both had young talent and invested a ton in free agency to the point where you're drafting a guy at six and even if it was Halliburton or pick whatever guy you want to, Devin Vassell, yeah, they would have played some this year so far because the injuries have been as bad as they were. But at full strength, like there isn't a rookie in this class, maybe LaMelo Ball, I guess, that would have been playing for this team a lot this year. Like it doesn't, you couldn't, that, that pick was not for this season. As we said, a ton back then, and it became even more obvious after free agency. That pick was not for the season; <laughs> it was for the future. Yeah, I mean, it's rookies are bad, man. Him, like, I mean, for him, it's just tough that he got hurt. You know, he was hurt. Yeah. At the same time, Capella was out, right? Or Capella was working himself back. Like he probably would have gotten. Oh, he would. He would have played twenty-five minutes a night if he was healthy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, he wasn't. So, like, we we can't really say much. I mean, he's a clear upgrade over Fernando. Uh, who I still believe in, but like, you know, Bruno just, he's got to be better on offense. Like, I, there's there's just, it's cut and dry. Like, he's got to finish. Um, and I think Okongwu at least shows more ability on offense and while being a much better defender um, at the same time. So, like, he's an upgrade over that, but um, you know, he can be better than this, and I, I think he does some stuff. He does some stuff uh, on the ball that's really intriguing that I don't think anybody else on this team can do, um, where he's really 
he can stay in front of guys and also block their shot. Um, so, like, hopefully, you know, if he can stay healthy, get consistent minutes, he can start finding him, himself a role on the team. Because right now he doesn't really have a role, like, no. at the moment. Um, He'll find one. Because yeah, so but but I still believe in the talent, so I'm not I'm not worried. I you know Halliburton stuff is just funny to me right now. <laughs> I was yeah. talking about a little bit. I, I have a mailbag question that I'm going to answer probably in the next week or two about that whole situation. But yeah, it's just what it is. People, there's always a guy. This is what I'll say later on, but as a short version, there's always a guy in every class. I, I like Halliburton in the draft. I but I think part of what people forget is that. A lot of his appeal was that he's super NBA ready and he's really smart and all that stuff. But the question with him was upside. Whereas, so yeah, it's not a surprise that a guy like that's going to come in and play well early on because he was the guy most suited to playing well early on. Like everyone said this. Um, and he is playing well. But um, it, it's just always interesting to me. There's always an overreaction guy in every class. And uh, he seems to be maybe the one now. He's still good. I, I still like him a lot. He's playing great. So no negatives. But it's just kind of funny. All right. Well, Tyler... We talked for a long time. If you have anything else that you want to say, feel free to say it. No Kay Cunningham talk? Oh, no. let's just do that now at the end. Okay. So you are I'm not sure if you're out, but you're you're lower on K it appears in the in the I NBA mean, draft. he's probably the number one pick in the draft, but like I think he's definitely the number one pick myself. But just my, um, you, you don't you don't seem to think that he is on the level that he was billed to be. Is I think that's your complaint? Absolutely not. Like can 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 draft Twitter stop with stop with the Doncic talk? Like, what what are y'all doing? I I, I hope I th- I think slash hope the comparison there is more like what the weaknesses are and what the questions were like. Um, but if it's like actual full blown comparisons, then that's a little bit aggressive. Obviously, I mean, outside of that, like I I don't know. This draft class seems as bad as the last one. Um. You guys lied to us, Brad. <laughs> you in particular. Me you in particular. Interesting. Oh. You all lied to us. I'm I'm disappointed. I'm really just disappointed in draft Twitter lying about how good this draft class was. And it's eh, it's just it's just a bunch of men, including Cunningham, who oh. isn't a point guard. Oh I mean he's just not a point guard, bro. Oh my goodness. Guard. Here we go. Okay. So my only he's retort, not a point guard. My my retort would be I'm always upfront about this. I don't see guys in high school as much as a lot of people do. So I, I try to hold off on my opinions until the season starts. Um, and two of the top consensus five are in the G League Ignite program that no one's seen play. So that is hurting the perception of the class a little bit. And that's Kaminga and Jalen Green. So maybe those guys are good. I've seen Kaminga play a few times. I like Kaminga. Um, Green, a little bit less so. But it hurt that BJ Boston just kind of fell off the earth. Like he's been really bad at Kentucky. And he was supposed to be a top three guy in the class. I saw him play once in high school, so I have no authority on that. Um, but that that hurt. But yeah, I, I think the class is definitely seeming to be worse than it has been uh, coming into the year. I, I mean, his AAU teammate Shreve Cooper is pretty good. He is playing uh, quite well. I wish he wasn't so small, but or he could shoot one of the two. You know, that's 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 an actual point guard who actually you know can run an offense and get great looks for his teammates. Not what Kay Cunningham does, which I like, is uh, not on. that. Oh, I like, okay. Okay, I Brad, he's not a point guard. Like I, I and I feel like I'm okay with gonna that. do the Ben Simmons with Kay Cunningham for three years where you're gonna play him at point guard and the offense is gonna suck. No, I see uh, I, I think I think that's not the best comparison. I, I think I'm okay with thinking he's not a point guard. But I, I also think that he really is a gifted creator in a way that you don't I mean that's to. fair so is Ben Simmons but he's not uh, but he Ben Simmons can't shoot like it, it just full, full on full blown can't shoot and teams know he can't so that's what makes it difficult for that for that situation obviously he's not a pure point guard I mean, he's the guy six seven six eight like he's definitely in a different mold Sharif's interesting to me and we'll talk about him more later obviously a local product um I don't know it's the guy that I want you to watch if you haven't already is Evan Mobley because Evan Mobley is pretty pretty good I like Evan Mobley a lot. He's he's kind of a freak. Um, so watch him if you haven't seen him yet. Uh, Cade, I, uh, I, I mean I, Evan Mobley just seems like another one of these tall, skinny guys nah, who can't nah, rebound. Nah, nah, he's good. He's can't he's good. rebound. Nope. nope. Going to get abused in, on the next level, and everybody's going to be like, "Oh, but man, look at his rim protection numbers. So elite." I'm like, man, bro. Now you got to watch. You got you got to watch Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley's good. Uh, I'm not interested, Brad. 
you're too you're too low on on k which is okay and listen this is a little bit weird this year uh for this podcast the last several years i've spent a ton of time on the top of the draft and there's no reason to do that this year on the hawks podcast because the hawks are not gonna have a pick at the top of the draft so it'll be interesting i'll have my own coverage i'll do some draft stuff at the top of the draft but um it'll be the middle of the first round that we focus on more this time around it'll be interesting yeah um I don't know who they'd pick because I haven't paid. I honestly, I haven't paid much attention to this draft class. Well, and that's honestly, I think you're representative. I was about to say, I think you're representative because most Hawks fans, I do this stuff for other reasons, NBA wise, but most Hawks fans don't care about the draft right now because the team is good. And that's the thing about the draft is like your draft coverage always pops from fan bases that are cover that are following bad teams (laughs) and the Hawks are pretty good now. So they don't care much about the draft. They're going to have a pick. That's going to be interesting that could add to their core, but it won't be a star pick. I mean, maybe they could find a star, but you're drafting for maybe role or future or whatever. And you're, you're, you're picking it, you're picking at 17 or 19 or something. And that's, that, that's a different place to be. I know the Hawks nailed two straight number number 19 overall picks, but um, it's hard to draft there. Even if you're, even if the Hawks have been good at it recently. Yeah. It's not usual to get John Collins uh, at 19. Plus, yeah. Plus players uh, at 19. So, uh, I wouldn't expect too much from the pick, but like they do need, I do think they do need like uh, more athleticism, uh, just in general, just another athlete. Um, well, yeah, they, honestly, they don't have that much athleticism. That's not a center. That's yeah. not a center. A great athlete that's also not a center, similar to what John Collins is. Right? It's kind of like, an underrated thing, actually, guy. that you say that. Um, if you look at the t- if you look at the roster. They have some decent athletes, but do they have a single like high end perimeter athlete on this roster? <laughs> no. Uh I, I, I would say no. I mean, I, I know people always talk about reddish, but Chris Reddish's, Dunn, probably Chris Dunn, but yeah. he's not healthy right now. Chris Dunn is hurt and a little bit older than he you know. Yeah, but I mean he's still an incredible athlete. He's a really good like... athlete, but people always point to Reddish and uh, as I've said for a long time, Reddish is a decent athlete, but he's not a, he's not a high end, like explosive athlete. He's yeah. just he's fluid and he's coordinated and all that. And and Hunter, by the way, is an underrated athlete. I do think that, but he's not a great, great athlete. He's no, but he's not the quick twitch that. That's what I mean. I'm I'm thinking about. And for, I mean, obviously, Trey Trey is a different kind of athlete. Trey is super super quick, and um, but he's not gonna like jump over you like the way. Yeah, that. but he's like six one. Yeah, and he's small. Now, so actually, I think the best athlete on the team outside of Collins might be Goodwin. <laughs> I think it, yeah, either Goodwin or uh, a Kongwu. Yeah, a Kongwu is athlete as well. But it, it's interesting to. It's kind of because I haven't thought about but I that. Hear what you, I, say, I hear what you're saying. The good one. Yeah, actually, I think I agree with that. He's a good athlete. Um, but I, I hadn't thought about the fact that, I mean, I guess I have, but until you brought it up just now, it hadn't really hit me that these guys are all really good players. But if you go down the list, you know, Young, Herder, Hunter, Reddish, Bogdanovich, uh, Gallinari, those guys are not athletes. Like they're, no. NBA, they're NBA players, so they're obviously good athletes, but they're not like, that's not what they're known for by any means. So. I agree with you. At the end of the day, I agree with you. Some more bursts would be uh, not a bad thing, I think, on the perimeter. Yeah, but other than that, I don't have I don't have anything else to add. Um, you you guys can follow me at uh, Jonesy Two X Four on Twitter. I actually don't know what I'm talking about currently. Anime um, and basketball, usually. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm talking about that much anime recently. I don't know. Uh, anime has been great, but it's been a great season of anime. I don't have any one particular take uh it's all great uh you should watch it watch just anything this year um jujitsu kaisen in particular <laughs> has been incredible there's all uh, but I've, every I've time that, every time you tweet something that i don't know what it is i assume it's anime I'm like all right it's yeah, anime it's probably not but it's probably probably in the vicinity of anime but, uh, I would say most nah. most of your tweets in the last uh, we're not we're not going to go into this now on the podcast. But most of your tweets have either been politics or anime or basketball. Uh, politics, yeah. Follow so me we'll, for that. We'll leave that alone. But you you are firing away on politics as well, which I've seen. Recently. I you know you're invested in the process. Know, I don't I don't know I don't know this politics like that. Just I know I'm with you. It's it's blind like it's bl- it be it's blind when I do it. And then, like. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody comments on like what you saw that yeah Shit. you just fire away listen uh, i recommend following tyler uh especially for his mid-game hawks rants that are always epic and stuff that i can't say yeah um, they're just rants right they i wouldn't take too much from them um they're just what i tweet at the moment so like when i'm getting all kevin herter for being 
you know, soft little weenie. I want I want you to say tomorrow. on this podcast before we sign off. I want you to I want you to say out loud that Kevin Hurd has been good this season because he has been. He's been good this season. He's been okay. He's been he's good. Been oh. he's been okay. He's been solid. You know, the two guys you picked on last year, all season long, DeAndre Hunter and Kevin Herter, both playing well. Solid. That's all. He's been solid. If we, you know, he's been, you know, still not getting to the free throw line, still not, not finishing at the rim, breaking layups, not dunking. You know, <laughs> he's letting guys well. go through him. He's playing well. That's all I'm but saying. hey, he played. He played good defense last night. So. Credit with credit is due. Man, I, I said I said on the show last night, but he had a possession where I swear to God he 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 ran sideline to sideline in a half court possession defensively last last night. He was everywhere. yeah, he was incredible. He's been incredible off the ball, actually. Honestly, it's just you know on the ball. Physicality is not a strength, that's for sure. But but uh, he's been good. All right. Well, thank you for admitting that on the podcast, Tyler. It's always a pleasure, my friend. We'll do this again soon. Uh, I have to give it space every time because you just bring the takes and we have to do this as we often do. But follow this man on Twitter. Uh, happy birthday as we're still recording on Sunday. My friend, happy birthday. You're Thank old. you, Brad. You're old as I am. but uh, I'm not 30 yet, so I'm not old. Okay, you're still young. You, you still, still young. Still, 30, still 30, 30 is old and you're not there yet, so congratulations to you. Appreciate it. Uh, as for everybody else, please subscribe to the podcast. Follow Tyler, follow me, and we'll see you all next time.